Welcome to None of My Friends Like Comics. This is a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a friend about a piece of work in the medium, and we break it down to see if that friend, who's usually a first-time reader, will pull it or drop it, or at least that's what we normally do on here. Welcome to a special Planet Comic Con, None of My Friends Like Comics, live. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> that sounded way better than I thought it would. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. It's e. So I'm your host, Nick Poffenbarger, and my co-host today is the ever-so-wonderful Fred Van Linty. How are you today, Fred? I'm very good. Nice to meet you. Nice Happy to, meet to be you. here. Oh, yeah. Everyone's lovely faces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm so happy to have you on for this because uh, I've been a fan of yours for over a decade now at this point. Um, Fred has worked on... We're all so old. Yeah. <laughs> You've worked for pretty much like every like comic publisher imaginable. you got Marvel, Valiant, Dark Horse, Image, Dynamite, IDW, Boom Studios, many more. Um, and today, like I said, we are talking about a series that you wrote, The Incredible Hercules. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited about that. So now normally um, what we do on the show is we go over like an entire story arc or if the you know series is like short enough, we'll... we'll do the whole thing, you know, but being that we have a bit of a time frame here, we're only going to go through the first issue, which I think kind of works pretty well, because if you haven't heard or read this series before, it works as like a pitch. So hopefully you'll go check it out if you like it, you know? And uh, yeah, so the issue particularly that we are talking about today is uh, Incredible Hulk number 112, which came out in December of 2007. It's written by Greg Pak and yourself, Mm -hmm. art by Koi Pham, colored by Stefan Peru. That sounds right. It's a letter by Chris Eliopoulos. And, uh, Eliopoulos. Eliopoulos. I get that wrong every single time. We've it's done a Greek name. They're yeah, challenging. Exactly. But it's appropriate that he's, he's drawing Hercules, or lettering Hercules. Hercules, being, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, but, and we have an awesome, awesome, awesome cover by Art Adams, which is a mock-up of uh, Jim Stranko's uh, Hulk annual number one from back in 68. I don't know if you guys could see it, but it looks pretty sick. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. So... Um, it could go, I like to go into kind of like some first experiences because usually I'm here with like a, a new reader, you know, right. and like I ask about like their expectations and whatnot. When's the first time I read Hercules? Well, When's the first time you read Hercules? Yeah. When I wrote it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I thought, I thought I meant this specific comic. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like I, I kind of want to know like what was your experience with Hercules beforehand? Z- I had zero experience with Hercules. Yeah. Uh, in fact, um, so I had re- I had created the first thing for Marvel was I created the Girl Scorpion, which I'm sure every one of you knows exactly who that is. That was my first assignment in 2005, uh, and Scorpion ended up being on the Hulk side of World War Hulk, which was the event where Hulk basically comes down from space and is mad that uh, he thinks the the Illuminati have killed his his wife. So he comes down to Earth and beats up all the superheroes. I know that sounds a little reductive, but that's basically what World War Hulk is. Uh, but, uh, but a bunch of heroes sided with him, and among them were Namora, uh, the aforementioned Scorpion, Angel, Angel from the uh, uh, X-Men. X-Men, or in this particular instance, the Champions, which yeah. was a very short-lived 70s superhero team, on which Hercules was also a member, and also with him was this character Greg created, um, with Takeshi Miyazawa, uh, Amadeus Cho, who's a super yeah. genius who's a big fan of the Hulk. Uh, yeah, and so the, the they basically failed to stop the superheroes from defeating the Hulk, the Hulk sort of defeated himself, is the whole thing. Uh, and at the end of the series, so... Uh, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis were going to relaunch Hulk as just Hulk. 
number one without the adjective, but there was still a The Incredible Hulk. So Marvel never, you know, wanting to lose an opportunity to, you know, get your money, decided to keep the the whole the Incredible Hulk alive, but but they were going to uh, we give it to Hercules. And uh, and it, what's funny is that originally the um, this was only supposed to be a four issue arc that would then end the Incredible Hercules series. Really? So you, like like you said, the the technically this is the last issue of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. What we're talking about before as Hercules took over the title, um, but the sales were bananas. So they were like. This seems like a good thing. So they just kept it going for two or three years. Yeah, it went like 30 issues or something like that. Yeah, and Greg and I had a fantastic time doing it and did all sorts of spinoffs. And there was a whole event, Chaos War, that came out of it. So it was super awesome. But yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I liked the event. The only thing I knew about Hercules from Marvel was there was this very famous storyline that Roger Stern and John Buscema did called Under Siege where – uh, this army of the masters of evil take over the Avengers, Avengers mansion. mansion. Uh, and one of the things that happens is Hercules, in sort of classic Hercules form, gets really they, – they basically put a Mickey in his drink and he gets all drugged. And he tries to rescue the Avengers, but they just beat him into a coma. So the only thing I really know about Hercules is he was beaten into a coma by the masters of evil. Not an auspicious beginning for a main character. I think the first thing that I read with him in it was that old issue where he uh, he loses the drinking contest to Thor. Right. Yeah. So yes. it's like, it, it, yeah, not a great track record. Yes. <laughs> He's like comic relief for Thor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and well, you know, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and so, um, but they decided to give him Amadeus Cho. Ironically, Tom Brevoort, who's one of the big editors over Marvel, told me later that they based this on a Valiant comic called Archer and Armstrong. <laughs> which you ended up writing. Which I ended up writing <laughs> four years later, which I'd never heard of until Valiant had me start writing it. Which, so this is bizarre very bizarre situation. That was kind of a common theme with those uh, reboot Valiant titles, actually. Like, uh, I know, like, Dysart had never read Harbinger before. Yes, and, like, that's uh, true. And it was like, I, I think Venditti yeah. knew a little bit about Exo Manowar, but I, that was... Yeah, I think, ironically, <laughs> the like, biggest Valiant fan of the of the new generation of Valiant creators was Jeff Lemire. Yeah. And he didn't come on until much later. Yeah, when he started doing later. Bloodshot yeah. after the initial run. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Cool, cool. So, I read a bunch about Hercules. I'm a... You know, I'm a bit of a nerd and a snob, so I read Euripides. Euripides wrote a play thousands of years ago about Hercules that is the basis for one of the flashbacks and sort of the motivation of this issue we're about to talk about. Yeah. So a lot of that came from Euripides. Jack Kirby, Euripides, the Masters of Evil beating him into coma. It's just a big stew pot. Good cocktail. Yeah, you throw it, you throw it all in there. <laughs> well, I will just say about the series before we really dive into the issue at hand is that uh, – when I first read this series, it kind of, it was pretty early in my comics reading career, and like, and it kind of blew my mind. It was like the first comic series I remember like making me laugh out loud. Oh, that's awesome! And like, and I just, and I just loved it because it just has so much heart as well. You know, it gets you invested, and I'm t- also just totally a sucker for interpretations of mythological characters. You yes. know, like I mean, like that just there's something innate I think in people that it just kind of fascinates you to see different versions of those like ideas and stories. You know, and uh, it's just a, just a good time, but. Yeah, so like if you if you don't know about like Hercules in terms of the origin, it's in terms of Marvel Comics Hercules, like it's pretty much the Hercules you know from Greek mythology, but it's taken to like a modern logical conclusion where it's like he's a bit of a lovable doofus kind of a, a party bro sometimes. Sure. But he's uh, but he's trying his best and you just kind of want to, you know, root for him and stuff. <laughs> and uh, when you jumped on this issue, can you talk a little bit about the inception of the series, like when you and Greg were like 
conceptualizing it? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, Greg and I don't live that far from each other. And so uh, we were able to sort of walk around and be in person and sort of plot it, which was super useful. Um, He was trying to take over a bunch of uh, storylines from World War Hulk. So it was a bit of a challenge because we had to uh, write it in such a way that people who didn't know everything about World War Hulk uh, could jump in. But we had this very basic kind of buddy cop situation where – you know, you had the super brainy. Well, ironically, you have the super brainy rebel Amadeus, and uh, he's even more irresponsible than Hercules, who is this kind of like, you know, like you said, kind of a frat boy kind of, you know. Uh, he's very emotional. Like, like Hercules is often portrayed as dumb, but I don't think he's dumb. I just think he thinks with his heart instead of his brains. Yeah. Yet he constantly makes extremely terrible decisions. Usually, he, he means well, but he always ends up uh, putting his foot in his mouth and or you know, his foot through a major monument or bank wall, you know, your Hercules, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what happens, you know, exactly. Yeah. Bit of a bull in the, in the China shop. So, yeah. So, uh, basically we sort of sat down and again, we had this, so basically the, the, the inception is that we had a nice sort of clear through line shield, the, the, the umbrella sh- spy organization, the Marvel universe has basically imprisoned the Hulk Bruce Banner and, Amadeus is 16 or 15 or however old he is and can't process his emotions very well. So he just gets really mad at S.H.I.E.L.D. and decides he wants to destroy them. Yeah. And kind of drags Hercules along for the ride. Um, And so we just kind of came up with that through line. And then we came up with a bunch of other logical conclusions based on how the, the Marvel Universe was very conveniently arrayed for us at the time to set up this kind of story. Because one particular thing that that happened, um, well, I don't know, I don't want to like Bogart your... Oh. You're going through the issue. <laughs> We're going to go over the issue. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, so that that'll, that we'll we'll get into that soon, yeah, I think. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so that was sort of the real challenge was to come up with stuff. And I like you know, and another concept we came up with these with these things you've heard of flashbacks. We come up with myth backs where we're constantly flashing back to Herc's like mythological, uh, you know, his labors in particular. But we went through all sorts of different – each issue had a myth back of what we talked about. Because there's so many myths about Hercules because he was one of the most popular Greek gods. And um, uh, the last con I was in just happened to be in Athens, Greece. Oh. Where, spoiler alert, there are huge, incredible Hercules fans there for some reason. So it was sort of cool to sort of go through the Acropolis and you know, sort of get led through the, the, the old forum in Athens and stuff and see just how beloved Hercules was just through the hundreds of years. I think just because he is – you know, you sort of see why Superman is so popular, right? Because he's just this – he's so superhuman, but he also is just so incredibly flawed. Relatable. <laughs> and, and yeah. Relatable, yeah. exactly. So he's he's uh, he's a god. People call him a demigod, but that's, that's only, you know, for the first well, – while he was alive, when he died, he ascended to Mount Olympus and, you know, I think if you come back to if – you, if you think if you are killed and brought back to life and go live in heaven, you're a god. You don't need the demi or the semi or the pseudo or the whatever. You know, that's just my own. It's my own personal theology. Makes sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. We'll jump on in the story at hand. Up. Would you like the issue or the trade? Uh, Do you want to look through it? Uh, you know what? I think the I think the issue will be easier to sure. turn. Yeah. yeah, sure. Plus, there's a rad like Ben Ten movie ad in there. Oh, that's right. Awesome. And yeah. I love this. I love the. Uh, and then there's this extreme goldfishes ad on the back, which is just amazing. Yes. Yes, I would absolutely. The question is, would I describe Hercules as a himbo? And the answer to that is, is, is an emphatic yes. Uh, uh, he, 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 
I don't know what he has, but whatever he has, the ladies like it, and he has so much of it, and and the men's as well. He's he's yeah. he, he swings both ways. He does, yeah, yeah. That's canon. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, yeah. So Smith canon and comics canon. <laughs> so we will jump on into the story at hand here. Uh, this is where we talk through the book in full detail and give our thoughts as we go. Um, uh, that does mean full spoilers ahead for a 15 year old book. So you've been warned. So we start this issue and we're uh, in the middle of like, you know, uh, at the tail end of a crazy battle, basically. And uh, this is the fallout of World War Hulk. Uh, we get a little exposition from a head shield agent, Agent Jones, who basically tells us, you know, about the superpowered group that they're attempting to take down, which is the group that Fred mentioned earlier, consists of, you know, Angel from the X-Men, Namora, who's, you know, Atlantean royalty, Amadeus Cho, kid who's the world's seventh smartest person, and the Hulk's buddy, and Hercules himself. So Jones explains how these four were on the Hulk side during, like, the big conflict, so S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, going to have to take them in and whatever. And uh, we see some helicarriers, helicopters at least, but Amadeus calls them helicopters, but they look like helicarriers, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, There is one big helicarrier later in the arc that becomes kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what Koi is going for here. But. Yeah. But, so we see... They're attack vehicles. This is the, the first, like, gag in the issue, which I, I absolutely love, where it's... Uh, uh, her, it, it zeroes in on Herc, you know, and they're aiming for him, and uh, he, like, just hauls a barrel at one of them, which explodes on impact, but it's just a barrel of Merlot, so it doesn't do anything. So you know that Greg <laughs> wrote this sequence because he thinks that wine stores have barrels of wine in them. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was, I've been in many I was like, more wine stores than Greg has, <laughs> so I know otherwise. But yeah, Hercules throws an entire keg of Merlot at... at Gabe Jones, which is just wrong. You don't waste good wine like that. Hurt. Yeah. But like I said, he's impulsive. You know? Yes. <laughs> well, and then we, he doesn't really waste some of it because we turn the page and we get this total hero shot that you would like expect at like the beginning of a series like this. But it's it's Herc filling up a goblet with wine and asking, you want some of this? Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> I love Amadeus's like little response there too because he says, I'm underage, dude. Besides, I'd rather see you hitting those helicopters than that bottle. Which is pretty awesome. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, so you kind of Great just like, line. Good line. Yeah. You like immediately get like their relationship, you know, just like from one little interaction. And um, Herc then kind of goes on a little rant about how they're paying tribute to their friend, the Hulk. Uh, he talks about how like the Hulk was, you know, wrong by the world and stuff. And um, I love how this first flashback sequence that we go into uh, goes even further back as hate re uh, Herc relates himself to Hulk. And he says... He saved this nation time and time again. How did they reward him? They killed his wife, murdered his whole family, which he should have known. When he walks among mortals, the god always loses. Right. And yeah. that's a double entendre because you think Amadeus is talking about Hulk, but yeah. we're, we're also talking about Hercules, and then we, do the, then we go into the myth back. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's here we get the scene dated back to 1277 BC, where we see Hercules cradling his wife's dead body, and he's surrounded by the rest of his dead family. Um, he finds Theseus from Greek myth as well, who tells Herc that uh, Hera struck him with uh, unstoppable bloodlust and that Herc is the one responsible for his family's demise. And uh, it's here we kind of cut back to the modern day immediately and Herc and Amadeus are surrounded. Amadeus encourages Hulk to... And fun fact, <laughs> I own this page. Which one? This one. Oh, that's rad. <laughs> it's in my staircase and Coy didn't just give it to me. I had to buy it off him. <laughs> He's a businessman, Thanks that Coy. for nothing, <laughs> He used to be a lawyer, so <laughs> he knows how to negotiate. <laughs> like, Amadeus is kind of like encouraging Hulk, or Herc to, I keep saying Hulk, but <laughs> to fight off S.H.I.E.L.D. But uh, Herc actually opts to surrender at this point, 
And Agent Jones says that Angel and Namora can go because of, you know, amnesty or whatever. <laughs> and Herc and Amadeus are coming <laughs> with them, though. <laughs> and uh, we see our two uh, heroes being escorted through a shield camp. And Amadeus looks around and is like, ah, I get it. You know, you, you wanted to fake surrender so we could get, like, close to the Hulk's buddies and free them. And, but Hulk, uh, Herc says no. He says the Hulk's guard must, you know, atone for their mistakes just like they're about to. And Herc feels really strongly about keeping Amadeus out of harm's way, especially since it was, you know, he's, he reiterates that it was one of the Hulk's own friends that actually caused World War Hulk in the first place. It yes. was not the Illuminati or anything Meek, like that. beloved by the MCU, is a yeah. croaking CGI puppet from <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. He's in fact, the mastermind behind World War Hulk. He's a great character, too. I loved him in, that, in those arcs. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, so Amadeus takes to a tent, and Herc uh, is sent to another uh, but when Herc enters his tent, he's greeted by a surprise, his brother Ares, the god of war. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. Now, Ares in the uh, Marvel universe is, you know, similar to Herc in the fact that he's uh, he's got, you know, his origin is the mythology origin, essentially. Right. But at this time, he was technically an Avenger, but he's like a total dick. Yes. Like, just outright. Like he's, he was he's on the, the Mighty Avengers. Yes, which was, like, the government-sponsored team after Iron Man 1 in Civil War. And then he kind of creates, like, you know, the, right. the legitimate Avengers or right. whatever, you know. So, yeah, he's total dick. But, yeah, so Ares is all like, you know, uh, take a seat, brother. And he's, like, happy to see him because he's, like, he's just loving this, you know. And, and, uh, and Herc is like, damn it, is this about your stupid birds again? Like, he's like, is this why you're always giving me a hard time because of these goddamn birds? I guess we should make clear that Ares and Hercules hate each other. Yeah, they do not like each other at all. And, in and, mythology and in Marvel. Yeah, and we get this, uh, this is where we get my, my favorite sequence of the issue, which is a flashback to the sixth labor of Hercules, which was, everybody? Uh, no, this, that was the fifth one. Good, you were close though. <laughs> uh, that was Theseus. That was Jason the Argonauts. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Stymphalian birds. The slaughter of the of Stymphalian birds, guys. From you guys Lake Stymphalis? You guys didn't do the 12 labors before bed? You know? Like, it's, it's like <laughs> state capitals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is this is seriously such a great flashback sequence, though, because... It, well, Koi crushes it. I'm yeah, sorry. it's beautifully depicted. And, like, and we see, like, this younger Hercules just, like, uproot a fully grown tree and smack some man-eating birds around and stuff. And he, like, then shoots them all down with arrows as Ares. Made like, from their own unbreakable feathers. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a little smart, that Hercules, you know, sometimes. And, uh, but Ares, like, you know... Through this flashback, is just chastising Hercules, and uh, he reveals that the birds were of his own creation, which I don't believe it. That's not in the original myth, right? Sure it is. It is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can say I don't remember that. Yeah. It's, it's cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the all the monsters of the of the labors all have some connection to one god or the other. Who that's cool. Hercules invariably pisses off by killing them. I just didn't know they were Ares. Yeah, yeah. it's like, huh, that's cool. But yeah, so you know, basically, Ares explains how they were meant to be a perfect expression of like his essence, and so that like you know when he when Herc slaughters them, obviously that pisses him off, you know, and whatnot, and. Uh, Ares cuts deeper with his words, calling Herc's like labors, which you know he was doing because of the death of his family. Like he basically calls them uh, pathetic, and you know it's only a, a showcase of his human weakness. And uh, he also, through exposition, explains the labors were, like I said, initiated to atone for the slaughter of his family. And uh, you know, for, and now he's here making another mistake, basically in Ares' eyes, like always on the wrong side and all that stuff. And uh, this paints such a I know we just said how, you know, Ares and Herc don't like each other, but this place such a great dynamic between these two. I, I love that Hercules is in that role of, like, 
the eternal screw up, you know, kind of. And Ares is like the arrogant older brother who also sucks, but he doesn't realize he sucks. Yes. You know, like it's it's it, well, it's the classic bullying big brother. Yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, little brother dynamic, except that yeah. But yeah, so Ares just... And it galls Ares, obviously, that Hercules is beloved by the people, and Ares is the bad side of war. The You know, Athena, his sister, is the good side of the good side of war, the strategy and the honor and all that stuff. Well, Ares is all bloodlust and, you know, war crimes. That's, like, part of his character motivation for, uh, like, being an Avenger and stuff, too, I yes. think. Yeah, it's like, he's like, I want to, I want the people to like me, you know, or whatever. But then he's he just the worst, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think we perpetrate him as much more of a dick and... In Hercules than he's yeah. in the Avengers, but you know, <laughs> no, no, screw Ares. Yeah, yeah, screw so. him. <laughs> so, but he's one of the few characters who's a who's a big time villain in both the Marvel and the DC universes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. So like, Ares starts telling Herc that you know he's gonna be. He's like, he's like, you're gonna do this. You're gonna you're gonna rebuild Avengers Tower since you know you're knocking it down in the chaos. And uh, and he's like, and you're gonna sign these papers and stuff. And um, it's a. I, I always just wanted to point out too. I love seeing this version of Avengers Tower with the Sentry, like yes. on top. Like that's yeah. that's such a such a great era. Like, like what are their they're like ant legs sticking out of Avengers Tower for some reason? That's like some Sentry. It stuff. was just like on top of Avengers Tower for a few years, which is like right. All right, cool. You know, whatever. why not? But yeah, <laughs> but so you know, Hercules sees these papers on the on the table that Ares hands down to him to you know sign for to join the initiative and be like you know an official superhero or whatever and. Uh, Herc just kind of smiles. And then we cut to Amadeus, who's talking in a room with Agent Jones. And Jones basically rants about how Amadeus is going to use his intelligence to, like, help them as penance for his crimes, you know, in aiding the Hulk and whatnot. And it seems like Jones has, like, good intentions here, like, saying Amadeus is going to use his smarts to organize help for, like, the displaced refugees as a result of World War Hulk. But then Amadeus is like... I don't trust you and you're going to have me like planning bomb runs here next right. time or whatever, you know, and just very, very he, cynical. He completely irrationally accuses Agent Jones of trying to double cross him. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's a, he's, he's a teenager, you know. <laughs> it's like he wants to fight the authority. But yeah, so. Well, what I always say about Amadeus is that most teenagers think they're smarter than everybody else. The problem with Amadeus is he is actually he smarter is than smarter. everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but it's here it's we. problematic. At the, at the culmination, though, of their argument here, Ares flies through the door, thrown by Herc. And I love when Herc and Amadeus just like see each other and they both just go, hey, hey. You know? Like, it's just like, they're just like, ah, oh, you know, you're my friend, you know, whatever. It's fine. And so Herc uh, grabs Amadeus and they just start running through the camp. And uh, they have this great exchange where Amadeus is like, so what happened to not putting the boy in danger? And Herc replies, tish. He says, you mortals don't live that long anyway. And uh, it's like, so the guards start, you know, gassing the area. So Herc breaks through the ground and uh, he, he busts into like a busy tunnel below, like where there's like cars running and whatnot. And Amadeus. Tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And Amadeus hijacks a convertible as Herc like punches like below the surface, causing like this huge flood, which allows them to escape by like riding the convertible on the waves <laughs> and like. Just totally pretty plausible. Yeah, yeah, totally rad. That too. stuff happens in Fast and Furious all the time. Yeah, yeah. This is this. Yeah, this is before those movies got. No, it was probably about the time uh, they got super ridiculous. I think there was only about Fast and Furious two, through two or three. By the <laughs> time. Yeah, exactly. So they're still as, basically car movies. At yeah, yeah. They were still going with the car thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as they float on, though, Amadeus tells Herc how Jones gave him a hard time about helping people, and Herc's like kind of sympathetic to Jones. Like you know, he's like. Yeah, I've kind of thought about that, too, because, you know, I mean, we a lot of people got hurt in this whole thing. And um, but it's, uh, you know, Amadeus is 
you know, a bit petulant and he's kind of like, uh, you know, like, why don't we spend our summer vacation totally destroying S.H.I.E.L.D.? And then he reveals that he stole Jones's laptop with all the secure S.H.I.E.L.D. files at the end. And the issue then ends with Jones frantically trying to figure out how to track them. Uh, but he's interrupted by Ares, who comes in and uh, he says he's the one who's going to hunt down his brother and that pesky kid. And that's a setup for Incredible Hercules. He's got Wonder Man and Black Widow with him. Yeah, yeah. Black Widow, who is, uh, I think, I don't remember if Wonder Man was, but Black Widow chilled with him on the Champions. Yes. Uh, Herc on the Champions, yep. at least. He's leader of the Champions. Yeah, so that's the end of the issue. And um, it's just a just a great setup. Um, you know, you got the plucky, smart-ass kid and a party and demigod with a shaky past, and they're going to wreck stuff. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, and, and ultimately, a larger plot line starts to form. Yeah, yeah. And uh I, uh, when I reread this issue, it's funny that you brought up the Archer and Armstrong because when I reread it and got to that point and that conclusion of like, this is the setup, I was like, no wonder they wanted him to write Archer and Armstrong. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's right. like the same. I was like, that's awesome though. It's a, it's a really great setup issue for what turns into, like we were saying, a pretty significant run. I mean, like it's about 30 issues and plus you get Chaos War at the end. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, what, what, like, I guess, uh, you know, we talked about Hercules as like a, a thing for a bit, but like, when the opportunity became to keep writing the series, um, where'd you kind of like draw the inspiration for the remainder of like the arcs and whatnot? Was it just kind of logical conclusion stuff or? Yeah, I mean, so we basically took the premise. So at that point in Marvel continuity, Olympus had been destroyed in the Ares miniseries. Mm -hmm. So we basically decided to go start out the idea that we're going to restore Olympus. And also this idea that, um, that, Herc and Amadeus have a deeper connection than just being randomly thrown together as part of World War Hulk. We sort of retcon that Amadeus is supposed to be the champion of Athena, the goddess of wisdom, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, and as Hercules was Athena's champion back in ancient Greece times. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we killed Herc off, you know, which is a thing you do in comic superhero comic runs. Uh, and we we probably actually our most successful arc was the one that came after this, which was the Secret Invasion arc, where they go and kill try to kill the Scroll Gods. Yeah, that was rad. Which was super fun. Um, and I don't know the page. I have a page from that. Uh, <laughs> Did you have to buy that one? No, Rafa Sandoval is a much oh, better person yeah. than Boy <laughs> Pan. <Pat. laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, there's a page with Snowbird, who's my favorite. Oh right. Because uh, yeah, you also worked on Alpha Flight. Yeah, and then right? later Greg and I did Alpha Flight after yeah. Herc had wrapped up. But yeah, and then we actually we did a so yeah so we did and then um, what happened was was that once we realized we were going to go to series as opposed to just having an arc, Greg and I were both appearing at the same con in Philadelphia and for lunch we grabbed lunch at like some Chinese place and we just basically kind of talked about it and kind of worked out basically the whole what ended up being the whole series nice and it was cool because we ended up basically just being able to do the whole series that's kind of rare awesome. too yeah I mean, it's like, very rare yeah it's, it's very rare partly it was it was marvel helping us out partly obviously with the support of the fans and it was just it was just very cool all around especially for like a niche character kind of you know yeah exactly that's, that's, i mean i'm sort of like i grew up like loving like the grant morrison you know animal man and i wanted to do like you know my reinvention of a kind of obscure character and i got to do that that's awesome totally we're totally rad that's super rad yeah it's see but um so Humor, like as we touched upon many times already, but like it's obviously a very strong aspect of your writing in this. But you and Greg are like extremely skilled in this series with balancing those jokes with the the tragic, you know, yeah. juxtaposing scenes and whatnot. Um, was that like a hard balancing act to get right, or was it just kind of a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we have sort of we have similar yet different senses of humor. I think the fact that there was it's a two man writers room, I think, helped that that kind of tone. Um, I love the Greek tragedies just from when I read them in college. 
uh, it's funny my work my wife and I my wife and I write plays together one of whom one of which will be done on this stage we are currently sitting on at six o'clock today King Kirby come on Jack Kirby's yeah, yeah. yeah. come on down check it out if you can uh, but we're also working on another play called Tragedy of Comedy that's behind the scenes it's comedy behind the scenes at the Greek Tragedy Festival in, in ancient times and it's very fun that's awesome but uh, yeah I, I think that just the, the 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 big themes the big tragic themes of Greek mythology we tried to get in there I mean what I sort of thought we were trying to do is sort of update a lot of the Greek myths um, and because the Olympians, because Olympus had been destroyed and the Olympians were all kind of scattered all over the place, it let them, it just sort of lend itself to natural stories, like we did a little storyline with Namor that involved Poseidon, who's been captured by the Amazons. We had a little story with Aphrodite. We did a story with a whole bunch of different, you know, various, Zeus got, when they rescued Zeus from the underworld and got turned into a kid. So it was, a lot of it was just the ramifications of stuff other writers had done and where they had sort of left it. And we were just like, because I like continuity, you know, and I'm a longtime comics nerd. I like, you know, these arcane facts and storylines. I think it's cheating to just kind of go, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do my thing. Kind of, yeah, kind of reboot it and do your own thing. But but we were lucky because uh, Frank Thierry had done a Hercules miniseries in 05, and then the Ares miniseries came not long thereafter. Set up this really interesting status quo for the... um, the Greek gods. So we just, it was fun. It was a fun, you know, sort of playground to work in. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it really does. Like when you look at it as a whole, it's like, Oh, they, they got to hit like all the major points, you know, it's like, yeah. I can't really think of like anything else I'd want to see. And it ends on like such a perfect note, you know, it's a, um, what was the, um, drafting process like then between you and Greg? Was it like someone would come in with it? Was it a mixture of like, you know, someone would come in with like the main idea for an issue or was it just like a, Well, like I said, this lunch, we came up with the whole kind of thing. Just and like then the it outline. sort of was like, yeah, then we, I don't think we ever actually wrote it down. I don't remember. We might have. There were some like weird things where they wanted to do a crossover and some, some sort of stops and starts that didn't quite go that well. And we probably ended up weaving it too much into the sort of like events and stuff like Dark Rain and the stuff that was going on in the Marvel Universe at the time. But we'd been, we'd been born of event and so many, we had so many successful storylines out of an event. That's sort of partly why we did that. But so what happened was initially like in this series, I think generally speaking, Greg wrote all the Amadeus parts and then I wrote all the Hercules parts. And that's I think how we did almost this entire, this entire arc. Then after that, it would be I'd write half the issue and then Greg would write half the issue. And we'd pass it back and forth and work on each other's stuff. Then as time went on and we got to know the characters better, then it became we would take on whole arcs and write whole arcs by ourselves. Nice. Uh, and there was one – there was an arc where we did Amadeus's origin and it was cutting in between um, uh, Thorcules. Yeah, the Thor <laughs> pretending <laughs> Thor pretending to be – excuse me, Hercules pretending to be Thor. And so then I wrote – ironically, I wrote the Amadeus Cho origin. Oh, really? <laughs> which a character Greg created and then Greg did most of the um, – the Thorcules stuff and Thorcules just came about because Marvel, the, the guy, the guy who ran or who actually is a good friend of mine now would not, uh, who was became, ended up being the, the head of Malian, uh, wouldn't let us use Thor. He wouldn't let us put Thor in his book. Like he would give, he gave us Balder. He wouldn't let us use Loki either. So we were like, okay, screw you. Weird. We're, <laughs> so we just came up with this insane idea where this ridiculous scenario where, where Hercules had to dress up as Thor for completely dumb reasons. I'm glad you brought up Thorcules because that cover is like so great too. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just like going forward with like the shit-eating grin. Like yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And his, uh, his, his, his. Uh, but the arc was so well received. They with in a month or two they they reneged and let us use Thor. So then of course, <laughs> so then of course we had to put Thor in the story arc dressed up as Hercules because that of course that makes perfect sense. And Thor looks good in a, sh- in a skirt. 
Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And as it turns out, the MCU just kind of ripped off the comics Hercules personality and gave that to Chris Hemsworth. So I feel like it's only, <laughs> yeah. it's only, uh, it's only, and I don't blame them. That's what I, that's yeah, what I would have done. That's true. But uh, so it made uh, me so curious about the end of that last film when they tease Hercules. I'm like, right, but right. Thor like is Hercules in this one? I yeah, know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were. He's kind of doing uh, what's his Ted Lasso character? Oh yeah. It's he only has one line, but he's delivered like the Ted Lasso character. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Roy Kent, yeah, he delivers the line like Roy Kent. Like I'm like, okay, well, I guess since you can't have Hercules be the fun-loving goofball, or I guess you could make him even more irresponsible than Thor is, which yeah. would be kind of fun. But who knows? They put him in the Kirby outfit with the with the weird wrestler flaps, whatever the heck that thing's supposed to be. And he's the got the skirt, club and, and stuff. the club and everything. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, right on, you know. We'll see. We'll see. I guess on that. <laughs> I was wondering though, just in general, like when you look at this, because this series ended up being like your first like really long-running series at Marvel, yes. right? Yeah. How's it feel looking back on just like an issue like this, like a setup? Well, just a lot of things came together. Like we were lucky that, I think obviously we were lucky that the Incredible Hulk had been selling so well because it was wrapped up in this popular event. I think it's lucky that Greg and I had a very short period of time because originally they wanted to do a story that was like a team book of all the renegades so it had been Scorpion and Angel and Namora and everybody. Like but a then, new Defenders, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or new champions or something. And so they were like, well, you know, we have a lot of team books, which they did. So they just pared it down to Cho and, and Hercules. And, and, uh, and yeah, and that's kind of what made me at Marvel. Like I was just kind of kicking around doing kid stuff. And I'd done this thing called Supervillain Team Up Bodox 11 that people really liked. And I've been signing a lot of them. To, uh, to, I've signed more Bodox 11 than I have Incredible Hercules at the show so far, which is kind of funny. Uh, and more Alpha Flights, too. There were a lot of Alpha Flights and uh, Alpha Flight fans in Kansas City. I never would have, never would have realized. That's cool. A lot of uh, Canadian migrants. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> moving down south. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, so it's really the book that launched me, so I'm super like grateful for that's it. That's awesome. You know? That's awesome, man. Yeah, I just it's I, also cool that it's basically a series that even though they had the sort of framework, we, we Greg and I really created the series. Like it was our thing. Like yeah. we just inherited from somebody else. You can you know? totally feel it too, because like if I look at like granted, like I I love this era of Marvel, like the mid two thousands, like, you know, into that especially sure. when it get into like, you know, there's the stuff going on with World War Hulk, the Secret Invasion, and then you have like the space opera stuff that was going on as well. It's really a time that I look back on and I'm like, this is like everybody's just firing in. Like, but this book, even in the in that zeitgeist, like it just holds a very special spot and it yeah. gets like a very specific niche like on the ground. And it's it's yeah, it, it was like I said when I first read it, it just like. I was like, oh, comics can be really fun and like, and yeah. just like cool at the same time. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just awesome, man. I, I loved it. But uh, I still do. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess just as a whole, like I love the character dynamics and like the mysteries that are sprinkled in perfectly, like through this issue basically, you know, and uh, you get a little Hercules pathos to, you know, show that, you know, he has room to grow and stuff. So you're on like a journey here. And right. um, uh, um, do you feel like, I know we said that, we, you know, you got to pretty much go as long as you wanted to on this one, but do you feel like you got everything that you wanted to say with Herc out there with this series? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And particularly because the, after this series ended, they wanted to sort of try it again. So we had a series called Herc that followed Incredible Hercules that was about Herc who had been depowered and was kind of living in Brooklyn and kind of being a street-level crime fighter. And so... And it was just kind of like, I kind of didn't want to do it just because I thought we had done everything. But yeah. then he, then after doing that for a year, which, which you know, a lot of fans really liked that series and God bless them. But I, I was like, I wanted out. <laughs> I was like, I definitely was 100% sure I was done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Greek mythology doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm done. 
<laughs> oh, I totally understand. Well, um, I mean, like, that's pretty much all I had. Do we have any audience questions here? Uh, yes, sir. Cool. Um, Should I repeat the question for the podcast? We might listeners? as well, yeah. Go ahead. Say, so, so, the ask is, why is Greek mythology more prevalent in Marvel Norse. than Norse? Norse. Or Norse, excuse me. Norse more prevalent than... than <laughs> and also, uh, is Hercules always in more of the shadow of Thor? Yeah, what makes them distinct from each other? Is it really... Right. What makes them distinct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it never occurred to me until I was sitting right here, but it might have something to do with the fact that DC has Wonder Woman, who is a venerable character, and she's much... And she's Shazam, and she's, yeah. And Shazam well, yeah, and Wonder Woman's very much steeped in the whole Greek mythology thing. Uh, and I just know that Kirby, just as somebody obviously wrote a play about Kirby and knows a lot about his life, is someone who's always interested with the Norse characters and kind of kept going back to them. Like, he's done a bunch of different random Norse stories throughout his career, of which Thor was just the culmination of it. Um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, question as to why he ended up gravitating towards Thor as a superhero fighting Korg, you know, rock aliens in his first appearance, which is just complete. That first that first issue of Thor is just totally bananas. Um, uh, and Korg ends up showing up in World War Hulk, which is kind of funny. Uh, but um, uh, so... Uh, I think that was all coming from Kirby, and he was just kind of randomly coming up with new super ideas. And I, I'm just going to guess that he just thought the Greek stuff had been played out, and number one had been kind of owned by DC, so he decided to do something a little different with Thor. Um, so I can only really speak in terms of comics Thor versus comics Hercules. I think the main difference between uh, Thor and Hercules is they're, they're almost brothers, except that Thor is always this successful brother who became a doctor and has a nice house and, you know, is, you know, three cars and belongs to the Elks Lodge. And Hercules is lives in a trailer park and is on his fourth divorce and, you know, drinks, yeah, drink, drinks too drink much. problem, yeah. Drinks too much, has way more than three kids. Couldn't tell you where any of them are. Yeah, so well, gods are known for their fecundity, uh, but uh, yeah, so I think that uh, I think that's basically the main difference is is that Thor is the good son and Hercules is the screw up. I was kind of thinking about that too, just in the fact that um, in terms of Norse being more, you know, present in Marvel, like because even the guys who've come on to work on Thor after that, like Simonson, you know, huge example, like he said that he used to read like this old Norse picture book as a kid, and that's sure. what like you know drew him into it. I guess it's just a happenstance thing that like. You know, dudes like Marvel or dudes like Norse stuff more apparently at Marvel. I don't know. Well, and they are kind of like they are the two big like you know pop mythologies. Like I don't know if any read the Olympian series. My buddy George O'Connor, who does it for first second, the the graphic novel book. But he's he's literally done all of the gods. So yeah. now he's now he's doing Thor. Like now he's moving on. He's going to do Norse mythology instead, uh, which is sort of interesting. So they are they are kind of like you know intertwined, even though they don't have a huge amount of cultural similarity with each other um, but yeah it, 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 like we were saying it'll be curious as to what if this Hercules and if the Brett Goldstein Hercules actually moves forward in the MCU I think Hemsworth said he's retiring basically so I don't know yeah. that they're going to do that but or if they'd use him out of the outside of the context of a Thor movie but you almost think they would just flip it right and Hercules would be the good son and and you know the the guy with the stick up his butt, which is what sort of Hercules showed up to kind of knock that. I mean, really, Hercules debuted in 
Here's a little bit of Marvel trivia for you. Hercules debuted in the in the uh, Journey into Mystery Annual Number One, which was basically up until the point in the Thor strip. Thor was basically beating up, you know, Cobra and Mister Hyde, and you know, your bog standard supervillains in weird costumes robbing banks, right? But then Thor, Hercules, they do this flashback in the annual. Hercules shows up and they beat each other up. And they have this rivalry, sort of, and then they introduce. They had Asgard before, and they introduced this much wider realm of gods. And then, and then, Hercules appears in the first issue, where Thor becomes Thor, where the the title, the numbering stay the same, but the title moved from from Journey into Mystery into Thor. Many of you may not <laughs> care about any of this, but I'm I'm an old time, old school Marvel <laughs> fan, so I find this stuff interesting. Uh, so. Uh, uh, yeah, so really, I, I guess what I'm saying is Hercules made the Thor strip, gosh darn it. <laughs> yeah. and, and, so, and so Hercules has been wrapped up, I think, earlier in Thor than most people even really give him credit for. Like, So that's, it's like Thor, so it, it was really two or th- only two or three years into the book that Hercules shows up and kind of changes the whole game. I think that probably shows, too, like how, you know, just in the way that they treat, like, the Greek gods in Olympus and things, like, it's always getting destroyed, like, in the Marvel Universe, that's right. like, constantly. Asgard's you know? being blown up. New like, York is always being blown up. Yeah, exactly. They don't it's like just, islands. And, and they're just and like, mountains. hey, you know, we're not doing anything with the Greek gods. It's fine. Leave Hercules alive. Like, he can go out in space or whatever, but it's fine. That's you know, right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the first Marvel miniseries, the first miniseries Marvel did was, was the Hercules Bob Layton series, which actually, that's funny because that is the only thing I really knew about. At the Prince Hercules. of Power? Yeah, what? Prince of Power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had, and we actually had uh, Bob draw covers for the series, and we, he did a sequence in one of our, like, one shots or annuals or something. Um, but yeah, I remember loving that series as a kid. So I wanted rad. to keep that that alive. This is the book that made me go back and check out all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I bet. It's like, That's great. Kirk gets a movie too, or if he is more. Yeah, present. I mean, at one point in this in this this series was popular. They actually had Bob Layton do a third series. Oh wow! Yeah, in <laughs> this awesome. same era. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get uh, if they do do something with him in the Marvel movies, uh, maybe we'll get like an omnibus print of this or something. Yeah, they right. did. They did an uh, epic collection. I'm not sure if they did the whole series. They did most of it, though. Most of it? Yeah, yeah. a couple cool. years ago. Yeah. Did we have uh, any other questions? Maybe we probably got time for one more. Yes. Yes. Rumor has it you're working on a Pathfinder comic. <laughs> you can tell us about that? Yes, rumor has it I'm working on a Pathfinder comic. Any Pathfinder fans here? Yay! So uh, Pathfinder's a role-playing game. Uh, it was briefly the most popular role-playing game in the country <laughs> until Dungeons and Dragons took the crown back. But yeah, I'm doing a new series for them with uh, uh, this is announced. So I, I'm not actually, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not any news here. But like, so yeah, it's a, it's a new series. It's called Wake the Dead. It's coming out in May. It's a brand new party of adventurers, which is sort of fun. There are still iconics, like like with the main classes, but it's and it's people who've been in the Pathfinder comics before, but now they're going together, coming together, and, and adventuring together for the first time. And they're going in the, uh, as the title suggests, they're going to the undead world of Geb, which is this nation in the world of Pathfinder that's run by zombies and vampires and werewolves and mummies, and, you know. All the cool stuff. You know you're in trouble when your DMV is run by mummies. You know, it's just <laughs> long waits, man. They, those people have no sense of urgency. Zero. That's actually perfect for the, the latter question, because I was going to ask you if you what you got going on now. <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. 
that I have a novel coming out, a prose novel uh, set at uh, the eve of the Civil War uh, called Never Sleep. It's coming out on March 28th, so pick that up. That's my third prose novel. Very excited about that. I like history, obviously, for Hercules talk. Yeah. Um, but very excited about that. Um, and like every other comics creator, I've kept various... Like other stuff going. various other projects. I can't remember which ones are secret, so I just won't mention any of them because Fair enough. Yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. thank you so much for doing this, Fred. Yeah, no problem. Thanks that was awesome, me. man. Oh, uh, thank you all for coming. Thank you, everyone. This is awesome. And yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, if you guys want to check out the show, it's None of My Friends Like Comics on all your podcast places. Uh, we'll see you on the next page. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.